Hi, this is Adam, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. The sermon this morning is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 19. And one of the things that Paul says is to give thanks in all things. And so our topic this morning is thanksgiving, that we are blessed to be a blessing. And so this is the first part of a two-part series. Uh, this morning we looked at how we are blessed, and next week... Hopefully you'll join us again for our podcast and hear how we are to be a blessing. I invite you this morning to turn with me to Paul's first epistle in the New Testament to the Thessalonians. In Thessalonians, we'll be looking at chapter 5 and we will read verses 16 through 19. Just a, a quick um, word of testimony to you. David um, loaned me a book last week, last Sunday, and um, it's it's this book right here. I'm going to read a, a passage from it in a little bit. It's called Malchus's Ear and Other Sermons. It's by Dennis F. Kinlaw, who passed away uh, a year and a half ago, April, um, this um, April of 2017. And he's, I mean, he really was a... Um, he was a giant of a of a man, of a Christian, of a theologian, and uh, he, though I never met him because the one chance I had to meet him, uh, Imogene was born, and I missed my Greek final, and also missed meeting Dr. Kenlaw. I don't hold it against you, Imogene. I promise I love you. <laughs> um, kill me. <laughs> um, so he. Uh, I've been reading this book. I've been plowing through it. I told David I'm almost done with it. Uh, I started reading it, I think, Wednesday. And I'm not trying to convince you to read this book in particular, although this is an incredible book to read. And uh, and if you're in our, our Men's uh, Theology Thursdays, you'll probably be picking up this book uh, come first of next year to, to read it with us. But um, if you're not reading wholesome, uh, challenging, and... Um, um, just good, sound theology um, or Christian inspirational writing. I want to challenge you to do that. This book has been a blessing to me this week. And David, because you loaned it to me, you've been a blessing to me as a result. And um, I want to thank you for that. And I just want to let you know this morning, I, um, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so, I really am so thankful to be here. Um, it's amazing how a, a room that, if you see it at 9 a.m., and then you see it now. It, it's it, it's amazing how this room goes from a a band music room to really what I, I've come to consider a, a sanctuary. This is a holy place. Um, not because there's anything magical about this room, but because the presence of God meets here with us through His Spirit. And um, uh, and I, for one, as your shepherd, I am so thankful to be here with you this morning. And I thank you for for gathering together to worship with us. Hopefully I've stalled enough that you found 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The word of our Lord from the Apostle Paul. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. 
Father, we pray that you would help us this morning, that you would bless the reading of your holy word, that you would help us to hear it, that you would help us to live it, that you would transform us by it. And we pray in the name of your eternal and living word, your Son, our Lord Jesus. Amen. I want to point out a very peculiar fact as we get started this morning. And that very peculiar fact is this. Jesus, on the night that He was betrayed, gave thanks. Let that sink in for a moment. The Gospel writers go to great lengths to tell us that Jesus knew exactly what was happening. He knew what was happening well in advance. He certainly knew what was happening on Palm Sunday when He had His disciples grab a donkey and rode into the holy city Jerusalem as everyone's crying out, Hosanna in the highest. He knew how that psalm, it's taken from the Psalms, I'm not going to tell you which one, I want you to find it. He knew exactly how that psalm ends. Grab the sacrifice, bind it, kill it. This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus, knowing all things and knowing that His time of glory, which is about the cross, had come. He bowed His head and He gave thanks with His disciples. Luke tells us that this giving of thanks happened at least twice during His Last Supper. When He took the cup and then when He divided the bread. Both times He gave thanks, Luke tells us. Think of that. In the, in the shadow of the cross, with the cross looming over Him, Jesus was grateful. Specifically, He was grateful for a meal with His disciples, His brothers, His dearest friends, His followers. He was thankful to be able to celebrate one last meal, one last specifically Passover meal with them. And He was grateful also for the elements, those holy elements of bread and wine, which would come to memorialize His sacrificial death in their behalf and in our behalf, in behalf of the whole world. Jesus gave thanks. In light of this, it's perfectly fitting for us to call the celebration of this holy meal the Eucharist. That's Greek for thanksgiving. This is the original Thanksgiving meal. The meal at which Christ gave thanks that He was able to celebrate beforehand with His disciples that He would lay down His life for them and for the sake of the world. And by through, it, through that, He would redeem and bring life to them and the world. The Apostle Paul does not tell us to be grateful for all things that come into our lives because truly there are some horrific, horrible things that happen in our lives. Horrible things that happen to us, 
horrible things that happen to those that we love most dearly. Paul does not tell us to give thanks for all things, but he does tell us clearly and plainly. He insists that in all things, before all things, surrounded by all things, we must give thanks. It's fascinating, the origin of that great Thanksgiving hymn that so many churches sing on on and around Thanksgiving Day. Great is thy faithfulness. You probably know it very well. O God, my Father. The words of that hymn are taken directly out of Lamentations chapter 3. The name like Lamentations, you know it's a pretty somber, horrific book. It's a book that the prophet Jeremiah wrote of his crying out to God as he sits in the midst of a city in ruins as Jerusalem has been besieged, it has been destroyed, and there are dead bodies lying around everywhere. It's a book about how horrible the consequences of our sins are. And yet the prophet cries out, Great is thy faithfulness. Your mercies are new each and every morning of our lives. Giving thanks. Expressing gratitude. It's a work of grace. For grace is a gift. And the the act of, of, of giving thanks, the act of celebrating the gifts of God in our lives, it is intimately tied to what it means to be a person. We'll get to that in just a moment. But, but for now, let's just think about this. There's something fundamentally dehumanizing about ingratitude. It's one of the dangers of consumerism. Because consumerism... It's based upon the idea of ingratitude, of not enough. Not enough numerically, quantitatively, not enough as far as newness, not enough as far as bigness, not enough as far as coolness and acceptableness. Consumerism is intimately tied to ingratitude. And we ought to be aware of that and be wary of it because there is something fundamentally dehumanizing about ingratitude. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul, as he tells us to give thanks, he says, do not quench the Spirit. Now, I've always... I've always thought of the Apostle Paul here as kind of getting to the end of his letter. And so he's he's giving just a list of some bullet points, some things to keep in mind, some practicalities, some practical wisdom for the, for, for, uh, the Thessalonians. Let's, as we're wrapping things up here, some last points I'd like to make, but I don't have time for. But I think there's actually something... I think it, I think that idea of quenching the spirit and the danger of it and the warning against it is actually tied in Paul's mind to this idea of giving thanks in all things. Because to allow a a spirit of ingratitude, to not recognize the gifts of God in our lives, 
is to shorten and, 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 and kill and quench the Spirit's work. Because the Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from above. From the Father of lights, the Apostle James tells us. Paul here says, do not quench the Spirit. Because gratitude is the Spirit's work in our lives. When you're grateful, when you have a moment of joy and excitement and celebration, you can rest assured the Spirit is at work there. Gratitude is the Spirit's work in our lives. It is the work of grace, a gift of God to us. Jesus knows what's best for us. After all, He made us. You were made for blessing. You were made to be the recipient of His blessing for you. You were made to be the object of His love and the receiver of His gifts of love. You were made for gladness. You were made for the joy that gratitude brings. See, we live in a world that has forgotten this. We live in a world that is so corrupted by consumerism that we think joy and gladness is just a passing thing. And we can only have it as we fill our lives with things that can temporarily bring that joy and that gladness. But then we end our days and we put our heads on our pillows and we know that we are empty. And we want to just get through the night so that tomorrow perhaps we can have another shot at trying to fill our lives with something that can temporarily make us happy. But you were made for gladness. You were made for joy. You were made for blessing. The blessings of God. The gifts of His love that He wants to extend to you. And He knows what's best for you, for He made you for that. Every gift that we have in life is to be received from outside ourselves. That's why it's called a gift. It's something that is to be received. It is something that has been extended to us. And this reminds us that we are not self-made. Not a single one of us. You didn't make yourself. And ultimately, you can't make yourself happy. And it reminds us also that we cannot provide for ourselves from within ourselves. Every provision that we have, everything that we think we're, 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 we're using to bring fulfillment and to bring satisfaction, every provision that we make for ourselves, it's something outside of us. Your ability to eat food is dependent upon your ability to provide money or grow crops, go to the store, gather up some stuff. Everything that we enjoy in life is something that is received from outside. Again, every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. And so a good question to ask ourselves is what gifts have you received? It's a time of thanksgiving. It's a time of celebrating. It's a time of of reordering and refocusing our hearts and our minds 
upon the good things that we have in life. I love this time of year. I love it because it it forces me to stop for a moment. To wake up from my weariness. To wake up from my the drudgery that is trying to get from week to week to week. A time of thanksgiving is a time to stop. To smell the roses, so to speak. To notice our blessings. To recognize them. Indeed, all that we have is a gift received from the One who loves us more than we love ourselves. The One who in reality loves us even more than He loves Himself. Now that's something. Such is the nature of humanity. Every gift we received is from outside. Such is the nature of life. Such is the nature of reality because such is the nature of God. The psalmist in Psalm 16 says, You are my Lord and my goodness is nothing apart from you. My goodness, everything that I know that is good, it is nothing. It is nil. It is empty apart from you. You see, He gives and gives and gives. Why? Because that's who He is. It's in His nature. He is the ultimate giver. The ultimate gift giver. And He is always giving of Himself. I promised you a reading from Ken Law. Dr. Ken Law is telling the story of meeting and marrying and the blessings of life uh, upon, uh, of God upon his life with his, um, with his wife, Elsie. And he says this, all Elsie and I had to do was live and love each other. And we got Beth as their first daughter. So you know Beth Coppage. The next thing we knew, we had Denny, their first boy. All we had to do is live and love each other. And the next thing we knew, we had Katie. All we had to do was live and love each other. And one day the doctor said to me, this is back in the day when, you know, the guy's outside the room in the hallway and the doctor would come out and tell you when everything's over with. The doctor said to me one day, I hope you have plenty of bedroom space in your house. And I said, what do you mean? Well, he said, you've got two little girls in there. And I said, you're lying. Go see your brand new twins. I walked into the delivery room and there were those two baby girls wiggling together like little earthworms. I looked down and thought, mine? I looked at Elsie and she said, how many? Two. Are you sure? Are they all right? They look okay to me, I said, not knowing, without knowing what I was talking about. Elsie looked up and said to me with joy on her face, and here it is, isn't that just like the Lord? You ask for one and you get two. 
He gives and gives and gives. Because that is who He is. Our problem is that we've forgotten His blessings. Either by neglect of notice, we just haven't paid attention. Or by having our vision of them skewed by the world. We can't see clearly. We forget that kids are a blessing and not a burden. We forget that health is a blessing and not just the norm of life. We forget that friends are blessings and not a bother to us. We forget even that a paycheck is not ours by right, but is a gift to us from our Heavenly Father. Even the ability to work itself is an expression of His image as the original worker. The one who created us in His image. Those are some of the big things in life, but there are countless many things, countless little things in life as well. Yesterday evening, Lindsay had gone to a, uh, a childbirth meeting with some of, uh, some of her friends and acquaintances. And um, I was hanging around the house, feeding the kids and whatnot, trying to get, get everything finished up. And I look over at suddenly it's like quiet, which is a very unusual thing in my, in my house. And normally that's a, a reason to worry, like what's going on? <laughs> but it was quiet because little Pippin had found my flannel shirt that I'd been wearing earlier in the day. It was the oddest thing. I, I'd taken off my flannel shirt, I'd hung it over a chair, and it stayed there the rest of the day. But Pippin, the loudest one, he's found that flannel shirt and he is trying his darndest to get his arms in the shirt and get it on just like his dad. And he is wrestling and he is working. And I'm telling you, that kid was filled with joy for a moment. It was the weirdest thing. It was so weird that it obviously impacted me. And I stopped and I thought, this little ball of energy, this little ball that is constantly looking for, he's like, uh, what was the little, uh, the little video game? Come on, Sega, Genesis, Sonic. Sonic, like Sonic the Hedgehog, just a little ball of energy that's so fast and constantly moving. He is, he is our ultimate explorer. And here he, had found a little a flannel shirt, a huge flannel shirt for him. And he is quietly working and is filled with delight at this probably 10-year-old shirt that he had gotten his hands on. Perhaps we're missing simple things that are right in front of us. Right in front of us that were we to slow down and take notice would bring surprising amounts of joy and delight and gratitude into our lives. Things like a sunrise or a sunset. Flowers. A good book. The ability to read. Good grades in school. The chance to learn and explore our Father's incredible world. Because after all, as the hymn writer said, this is my Father's world. The people around us. The food and drink that we get to put into us. All sorts of things, big things. And all the small things. 
You see, too often we take too much for granted. Do you know there's not a a single thing in your life that you have not received from an origin outside of yourself? This also goes for your body. Remember your belly button. You didn't come from you. Even your life itself is a gift. And you know what is true for us as people is also true for the church. Seen especially in the local church. So what I've done this week is I've put together just a very quick list of things that we as a church ought to celebrate about God's goodness to us. I I tried to come up with kind of a top ten list, but I didn't know what order to put them in, so I'm just going to throw them out there to you. Number one, His financial provision. God has always been faithful to us. It is laughable how faithful He has always been to us. And yet again, He has been beyond faithful. That's His first love gift to us from our Heavenly Father. The second thing I came up with, and this list was very easy to put together. The second thing is this new room. Perhaps the the most common word I've heard to describe it, the most commonly used adjective by you guys about this room, is the word cozy. This is a nice, cozy room. And God has provided it for us. Number three, a chance to grow in intimacy this summer. This summer, we were displaced. We were the diaspora. We were the ones that were scattered. We had our enormous theater that was, you know, had good, comfortable chairs. And then we got displaced to the library or the, 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 the multimedia commons area, as they call it now. But you know what? God used that as an opportunity for us to rally together to relax a bit together. To have a a, a bit more of an intimate setting together. And I think that helped us to grow. Number four, new and returning guests. God has been faithful to us. And we found new friends together. Number five, something that we're going to get to a little bit later in the service, new members. God is growing us. Number six, our kids are excited about this, a new youth group complete with weekly Bible studies, periodic parties and events and activities that are going on. Which brings up number seven, new Sunday school curriculum which has helped our kids and I think their teachers to grow exponentially. It has been incredible the things that our kids are learning about God and His nature and how He's made us and redeemed us from sin. Number eight. There are more of us involved in hands-on ministry at this moment than ever before. More of you are doing the work of the church are helping people, 
are leading than ever before. Number nine, Advent. It's just two weeks away. Rick gave me a thumbs up. He knew that was coming. I'm excited about that. And I'm, I've, I've got, uh, in light of that, I have a small gift that I want to share with our lay leader. David, you loaned me a book and it's been a blessing to me. We got you a shirt made to celebrate Advent. Wow, thank you. That's yours. You're welcome. You're welcome. Advent's coming up in two weeks. And that's an exciting time because it's a time of a new beginning in the church's life. It's a time to celebrate not just that Christmas is coming, that Christ is coming. That He's coming back to put the world back together. It's a chance for us to invite more guests to gather more friends, to see more of what God wants to do among us and through us. And number 10, and perhaps this is the biggest, perhaps this is the best. Think of the good that we've been able to do in the name of Jesus. Through Meals on Wheels, we deliver meals to anywhere from six to eight customers, two to three times a month. And these are old people who are shut in. Most of them are desperately lonely. Many of them have no family. Those that do have family have all sorts of family troubles. And typically their family forgets about them, leaves them alone for weeks on end. And we have the opportunity, because it is a, an opportunity to be a blessing to them, to serve them, to tangibly love them through faith family services. We're able to offer childbirth education to expecting moms and families that are in need that are often alone, scared, And it's not yet what we long for it to be, but it's getting up off the ground. And it's becoming an avenue of blessing to others in our community. Our new birthday ministry at Devereaux that Christy has so graciously led for us, it has begun and we've had 12 of you, 12 of you, come to Devereaux to celebrate birthdays with kids who come from backgrounds that you can't even imagine. We've been a blessing to at least seven of their employees who are there with us, who who see the work that we're doing, who see the conversations that we're having, who participate in those conversations themselves. We've been blessings to those adults who are just themselves trying to be a blessing to these kids. And we've ministered in some finite way to at least 20 kids over these last four months as we've gotten that ministry started. I say that might be the biggest blessing because it seems counterintuitive. That's stuff that we're doing and work that we're doing and things that don't bring in new people necessarily. 
That's spending ourselves out in our community. And it's hard to see the results of that. And it's easy to ask the question, why does any of that matter? How does that help a church? How does that help a church to grow? How is that a blessing for the church? It matters and is a blessing for us as His people because such is the nature of God. The more we spend ourselves, the more we give of ourselves, the more we serve others in love, the more we do good in the name of Jesus, the more like Him you and I are becoming. And you know we are becoming more and more like Jesus each and every month that we give ourselves away in ministry to others. We're learning to trust Him. You and I are. We're learning to trust Him more and more. And we're learning to share His blessings better and better. We have been blessed to be a blessing to others. May that increase in us exponentially. He has richly blessed you. Be a blessing. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would remind us of our many blessings. That you would bring them before our consciousness. That you would help us to recognize how indeed richly blessed we are. Lord, it may not seem like it. but we might be the most richly blessed congregation in our community because You have been so good to us. Lord, make us more like Jesus. Make us more self-giving. Make us more self-sacrificing in our love. And help us to celebrate Your goodness to us because You have indeed been so good. And we thank You. Amen. Let's pray. Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. As we worship You, we surrender ourselves to You. You created us in Your very own image. and You've made us to know You and love You. You have made us for Yourself, and You are the delight of our hearts. We love You. As the air continues to cool, Leaves continue to fall. We find ourselves surrounded by wonderful beauty and filled with awe before Your creation. We thank You for how faithful You are to that which You have made. 
You are always good, and your faithful love endures forever. As we gather together as your people this morning and worship you in the name of Jesus, we rejoice in the presence of your Holy Spirit and thank you for being with us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are lovely. You are filled with glory and beauty. We love you. Together we thank you for your many blessings. Lord, remind us this week of your love gifts to us and help us to be grateful and celebrate. Lord, we come to you as people with needs and you know each one. We lift up Dan Lorimer and we thank you so much for him and Charlotte's ministry there in Kentucky. We pray for him as he leads Mountain Gospel Radio. We pray that you would be with them as they have an important meeting about the purchase of land coming up this week. Lord, help them, guide them, direct their steps and open the right doors for them. And Lord, would you pour out your blessing upon them. Lord, we lift up Andrew and his mom Donna and the rest of their family that you would comfort them as they grieve. Help them and strengthen them. Father of mercies, be, be near to them. Lord, we pray for our mothers that are expecting. We think of Megan this morning and we think also of Charlotte. We haven't let her go yet. We pray that you would be with them you would touch them and help them, give them strength and rest, be with their babies and keep them healthy and strong and safe. Blessed Lord, you caused all Holy Scripture to be written so that we might learn from you. Please help us to hear your word, read your word, mark your word, learn your word, and inwardly digest your word so that we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given to us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. from the Old Testament book of Numbers. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. May we go in the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org.